This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's a quick impromptu Europa vision. Reacting, not reacting, I hate that, that's the lame-ass term, I think. It's an episode on what went down, the Battle of Witten Lane and uh, Villa's final home game in the group stages. Joining me to discuss that, we were both at the game as we were in the other first matchup between these two teams, Villa and Leisure Warsaw in Warsaw. Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello, sir. How are your condiments? Uh, I, I was in the middle, so I didn't really get... They they, they, weren't, they didn't have throws long enough to get in my zone. Oh, good. Same. I just wondered what was going on, and then all of a sudden I see I get home and see videos of mayonnaise going everywhere. Yeah, we need to get some abseiling ropes uh, fitted the end of the hole, so we can, like, drop down if we're attacked again. <laughs> no, we've got the high ground, David. <laughs> well, yes. We always share, like, a table of condiments on that side, <laughs> like the length of that upper hole, so we can just pick and choose our uh, barbecue sauces and chilies <laughs> and just throw them down. Yeah, a bit of Nando's sauce with a bit of, bit of spice. Yeah, don't don't attack people on the high ground. It's a bit of a uh, kind of fool's goal. Especially if you're going to slip over in the middle of a road. Yeah, that, that, cla- that was a classic one. But no, we'll uh, we'll discuss that and uh, game. Unfortunately, the Leger fans weren't in the stadium, and that did affect the uh, the atmosphere of the game. Because also, you're in that situation where, especially if you like the the other end of the ground, like the Holt end, where I mean, I got into the game. I didn't know. I was piecing together what was happening, like during the game. Yeah. Because you you don't have any Wi-Fi because it's cut off. You're kind of looking around you for anybody who can get a signal. So people are saying, oh, you know, it looks serious. And obviously the fans don't come in. I mean, I asked you, uh, I said, I was, you know, walking towards the hole, there's a big bang. And then there's all this smoke. And I thought, is that, you know, Leisure Warsaw? Because I didn't even know if they're in the ground. And you said, oh, yeah, it was them attacking the the stadium. And it wasn't, was it? It was the the club putting on a fireworks display. Yeah, yeah. it looked pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So we're all kind of piecing this together on the 30th minute. You know, I've been watching this game and then I, I go, hang on a minute. And I looked at who the fuck's that in goal for Villa? <laughs> <laughs> I think you looked baffled at half time when I told you it was Olsen. Did you do you realize that's Olsen? Oh. Well, I worked out it was Olsen on the 30th <laughs> minute, but I was like, who the fuck was it? I said, it took me, because I, I just assumed it was Martinez. So you just see green shirt. I mean, I was, 
using the new contact lens, I must admit. Ah. The revelation at half time was Longley's playing at centre back. Yeah, it was well. Longley. I thought it was Torres. I, I was thinking, I was wondering, who the fuck's number 17? It must be Torres because he would look like tall and he, you know, he kind of plays like him, doesn't he? Well, he's Left very footer, decent on the ball. So you're kind of piecing together this game as it happens. But yeah, that was just the weird spectre of what is going on. Right, before we get into things, supporting the My Old Man Said podcast through these winter months is NordVPN. And they are offering our listeners a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN of My Old Man Said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices. And... Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts, off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no-risk Nord 30-day money-back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes, so check it out. I know the build-up of this game and uh, the situation and, you know, we had a fan advisory board meeting a week before and the club knew at that stage there was a thousand Warsaw fans coming over without tickets. Ben Hatton, the chief operating officer, I said, so what's the, the public line on this reduction in tickets? And they said, well, we're quite happy to say that it's, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, basically safety and also from their past uh, behavior. And obviously the Leicester game is a big thing because they were attacking place and stewards in the ground and you know quite severely as that well was nasty, I mean, wasn't it that one there was there was people injured stewards injured police injured they also had an altercation at Alkmaar where they were attacking the police they were trying to steal their and they you know stole their batons and tear gas and this was at the start of the game and they and they tried to basically attack the gate you know they turn up without tickets they try to get in so they were trying to get themselves in there of course at the end of the the game a couple of their players were accused of attacking Alkmaar staff so the police came and confronted them after that, took two of them off the coach. One of the, you know, the presidents have got into an altercation and they kicked off. And everywhere they fucking go, they cause chaos, trouble. Don't they? The club, if you look at their statements, absolutely deluded. Oh, all these concerns of over restrictions are unfounded. Oh, just fucking go on the fucking YouTube, you pricks. And history isn't on your 2016, side. 2016, videos of when they went to Madrid. There's just standoff battles. There's Legia Warsaw fans dressed in fucking Legia Warsaw wrestling masks battling the place. Then you got the Leicester videos popping up. They were banned from Zerinsky because of what happened in Alkmaar. And so you're thinking, well, you, maybe you should have just banned them from the rest of the away group games. But then... On the day, you know, there's all these reports and and which get parroted by everybody that uh, it's the police police's fault for the re- restriction in tickets and no, it's, that's bullshit. It's the club, it's UEFA, and obviously the police have concerns, but it's not their call ultimately. So what it is, it's more likely to be UEFA's call, isn't it? Well, UEFA no, UEFA's rule is five percent. 
So to get round that, this is where you push the police out in front and blame the police, and you say, "Oh, the police and the the, the SAG, the safety uh, advisory, uh, you know, ground body have, have basically said, no, it's not safe. Well, well it's not safe to have two thousand fans in a in a stand that hosts three thousand. I mean, it, you know, it's it's kind of bollocks. So same happened with PSG recently in Newcastle. They dropped their allocation and they blamed it on the police. The you know, it's the police's decision. So that report came out. And I was like, this is bullshit. And I spoke to the police and they said, yeah, completely inaccurate. And we'll be, uh, you know, addressing that. But you see why they do it. It's it's to justify the, the UEFA thing because they can't say to UEFA, no, they're not coming because, you know, they, the rule is 5%. But if you have outside agencies like the police and whatever, you know, the SAG, then obviously you can get away with it. But what it does do... It puts it out there that this is the police fault. And a lot of their fans have come over to fight the police. It's literally, it's a holiday for them to do that. And they don't give a fuck about the game. The, my old man said member actually was in a hotel, came from out of town for the game. And uh, after the game, he was in the hotel bar with uh, Leisure Warsaw fans. And they were saying, oh yeah, we, we, we didn't have tickets, but we've, we've come over to fight the police dogs, like joking. You know, they were going Good in and one. out the cubicles four by four doing a shed load of coat. So is, this is like, you know, it's, it's like the old tear up culture of the 70s, 80s. You're not really going, the, the game is like an umbrella for you to have a tear up under. It's just a vehicle to go, isn't it? Yeah. So, but you're in a situation. So, you know, I've spoken to football supporters Europe who uh, they have a seat at the table with UEFA and they basically represent the fans in all these circumstances. And obviously they're, you know, well experienced in terms of Europe football because that's what they deal with. And, you know, they have views on uh, Legia Warsaw, what they are as a club and a fan base. But then, you know, regardless of the blame game on the restriction, I mean, initially it was meant to be low and then a Apparently, they, they then agreed it was going to be the same amount of tickets that Villa were given, 1,700, and allegedly agreed to that. And then, you know, Leisure Warsaw are saying Villa then backtracked and then it became you know, around 1,000. Now, whatever that situation is, you've got a situation on the day where you've got around, I don't know, we're presuming 1,000 with tickets, 1,000 without. So, we'll, for argument's sake, we'll call it 2,000 in Aston just around the corner from Witten Station. So a lot of them were expecting, and I think maybe the club pig-headedly thought, this is Leisure Warsaw, thought that, well, the police are going to know and the club are going to know it's probably easier to contain the fans inside the ground, so they'll probably let us in. And that the fans thought, you know, they were going to be let in regardless because they, you know, they were playing on the basis that, well, they'll let us in because they won't want us, you know, thousands of Poles roaming the streets causing mayhem. So that was a decision on the day. Obviously, you look at it and you think, well, you haven't paid, you're not coming in. And yeah, yeah that's fair it's, enough. It's the, well, the simple way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, Chris Hope would definitely uh, say that. We'd send them in the lower grounds, wouldn't they? <laughs> well, they'd have to pay. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't upsell them into the lower grounds. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. It's all right, lads. Come and have a fight in a, pre, in a premium uh, Villa Park experience. Welcome to cutthroat capitalism. <laughs> 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 It's not exactly what you had under the Warsaw Pack rule, but I know it's a bit of a contrast, but yeah, you want a fucking ticket, we'll get you one for 60 quid or 100 quid to get in the lower grounds, or whatever it is. Uh, sorry, the terrace view. Yeah, they missed out on an opportunity there. They had a thousand <laughs> potential punters to be upsold into uh, the terrace view. But no, so regardless of what's happened, that's the commercial decision. So you're like, yeah, you haven't paid, fuck off. The safety decision is, and you know, this is what the fan Europe guy was saying. He said, yeah, you, you've kind of left like 2000 or so in the car park without tickets. It's like, that's not a great move. 
I'm thinking, how, how does it get to this? But on the night, it's like, is the safer move to let them in the stadium just from a pure safety? I mean, from my point of view, my personal point of view, I've paid thirty pounds, and I and I got the feeling for this game, and I got the feeling all the action was taking place outside the ground. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The atmosphere in the ground was dreadful, wasn't it? Part of me is like, let them in, contain them there. If it kicks off, you know, at least we're all getting our money's worth. It's a night to remember. <laughs> But, you know, there is an argument that they would have been easier contained in the ground. And obviously, there's the football for them to kind of semi-focus on. So it's not as if they're, you know, bored minds. It's the devil's playground. If you're standing in a car park, you're going to start throwing flares and cones and missiles at the police, aren't you? So that's from a neutral point of view. So it is an interesting thing. But also, it's it's like, how does it escalate to this? Because uh, Villas rang up the club and they spoke to him and said, why have you got a re- bad reputation? Why do your fans behave like this? Blah, blah, blah. And Leger also said, it's because we don't feel welcome. I actually think that the, the police actually handled it pretty well for my money. I thought they, they dealt with you know, what they had thrown at them with the main group really well. I think the problem comes, of course, is I think any group when they're together is a lot easier to deal with. It's yeah. when it all splinters, when it gets, that's when you can get really nasty little incidents. You know, I was walking to the ground past the Aston Tavern and along it's Aston Hall Road, isn't it? By the old leisure centre. And there were little pockets of sort of fives and tens just loitering. And those that yeah. those little groups, that's when you get nasty little fights because it becomes proper hand-to-hand. It's not just a big mob throwing things. You can have really nasty fights. Yeah, I mean, the police put out a statement and, uh, you know, said what we saw was 90 minutes of planned violence. And, you know, that's the kind of feedback that I've heard from people yeah. who have spoken to the polls. They, you know, some of them obviously came over for a, for a tear up here. Uh, one officer said it was the worst he'd seen in 28 years of policing. One of them, uh, one of the officers got hit by a flare, which actually ignited their uh, luminous jacket, which they did, they did get off in time. So there was no uh, problems there. I think one police officer had a problem with inhaling smoke. Uh, I think overall there was four injured, including those yeah. uh, two. And then there obviously were a couple of police horses and dogs that were injured as well, weren't they? But for the most part, I think they had a... Thankfully, they had a nothing serious job. on the animal front. Yeah. Is it 46 arrests at the time of uh, recording? I think it's more now. Hasn't it gone up to 49? It's gone up to 49 now. Oh, it's only three. 49. Yeah. But their away fans have got that reputation and it kind of it precedes them. So they're, they're going to get heavily policed anyway. You know, they're not going to roll out the welcome wagon for them. It's just... It's just not going to happen. It's kind of naive yeah. of them to think that you know we're the victims in all this. It's like, well, actually, you're not. Especially when the the sort of the senior execs of their club take the stance that they have, and they're, they're quite petty about it. It just fuels the fire. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But anyway, on the pitch, let's just uh, wrap that off. I mean, we needed to win, ideally by two goals, to make it business, done and dusted, and then you can send out the under-12s against Zerensky uh, in Mostar. Yep. Leisure also, I mean, they're a decent cup team. They won the Polish Cup last last season, and they have been a bit of a stickler for us. We, we haven't found mm. it easy. We haven't swat, swatted them aside at any point in these 180 minutes. No, and they carried a threat, and they... they- I think the fact that their fans weren't in the ground, the players would have known, clearly they'd see it, but they would have known roughly what was going on. So that would fire them up as well. In the first sort of, I would say, 20 minutes, half an hour, I thought they were the better team. Yeah. I mean, we took the early lead. Great, great finish by Diaby. Good reminder of who he is. Yeah. If you put him through, or he's attacking, faced up and attacking the the back line, then he's exceptional. I think when he's running alongside, I think we saw, I think shortly after the... He hasn't got the physique and the defender can just kind of push him aside, can't he? No. In a one, one-on-one shoulder-to-shoulder. Yeah, that's kind of where Duran is a little bit more yeah. useful. Well, Watkins he, he is, got is good as well. Watkins he is, is strong in that position as he's well. Got, he's, he's, sort of, he's got that pace, but upper body strength with it. I think Diaby's yeah. very much straight line speed. But he, he took his goal very well. And at that point, he thought, right, perfect start. Kind of go and put your foot on the gas here and really... Um, yeah, you thought it was going to be an easy night's work, didn't you? You thought, yeah, they've got well, no fans. Well, not necessarily like an easy night's work, but I, I, I did expect Comfortable nights. To, yeah, comfortable, yeah. And then you had that feeling that we had in Warsaw. <laughs> we were just playing <laughs> ourselves into trouble. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? It was Warsaw all over again, wasn't it? It was self-destruction. It was completely... I mean, fair play to their lad. And he, he obviously scored two goals in the game at their place. It's a cracking finish. Yeah, you know, obviously when the ball comes in, but it's it's when you watch the replay, it kind of gets worse with every watch. The and it's not Olsen's fault. There is a lot of people scapegoating Olsen for that, but it's not. He plays it into Kamara. He's got time. Takes the pass first time, and he can pick it either out. So I think it's Konza who's further back or out to the winger. I think it was the cash goes straight to their lad and just whips it in the top corner. Fabulous finish. And at that point, they're like, "Wow, well, we're we're banging the game here." And they kind of believed. And Villa were sort of hacking around for form in the first half. They, they didn't look very clever. Yeah, I mean, going back to Walson, I mean, I mean, I looked at it a couple of times and I thought, it's, I don't know, it's a 30% hospital ball, 50% hospital ball. But then again, you look around, that was his best pass that he could make, really. Yeah. So Unless you go long. You're told to play a certain way and Kamara was the obvious ball and you're thinking, well, okay, fair enough because he's been instructed to play that way and of all the options, that was the one on. So fair enough. But Kamara, it's it's not the first time. Let's let's face it that he's been caught out casually, with, and, with, and it, it was like a no look. It was like a no look pass as well out to Cash or an attempted one. Yeah, and that's the thing. Louise generally plays on the half turn. Kamara has a knack every now and then. He'll play with his back to the play. Yeah, and and, and as you know, anybody who's had football coaching knows you are meant to play on the half turn. Yeah. You receive the ball and spin or it means it allows you to be able to look around and scan as they call it and it looked like he kind of he knew the pass was on he kind of had a he sort of seen the picture and just switched off or what I don't know or whether he backed himself to just miss hit the pass but it's a bad error earlier if that had happened let's say six months ago you'd be thinking well you know it's part of the learning curve but yeah, now you're thinking process. well it's not he, he should uh, that's just a bad mistake yeah I, I think Martinez would have played the same ball so uh, I Probably, agree yeah. playing out the back isn't a walk in the park is it there's always that element no. of the, the receiver of the ball does have to do something and as you say on the half turn I don't think he has that problem because he sees the, the picture 
No, and it was high risk, high reward because that's kind of how the goal came. That they were kind of almost playing with like a three man, like a front three press right on the edge of the box. So it was high gain that if you get through that press, you're straight onto them. And there was a few times where Tiedemans, McGinn had space to walk into. Even Conza sort of stepped into midfield on a few occasions. You thought once you got through that first phase of press, you kind of always felt, well, they're in trouble here. And we we certainly did that better in the, the second half. But it, it just felt a little bit sort of like we either lacked the tempo or there was a little bit, not aimlessness, I'm not quite sure what word I'm looking for, but sort of lackadaisical lack of in intensity. Approach. Yeah, lack of intensity. You thought if there was a Crowd bit more... didn't help, but the no, atmosphere was flat as a pancake. And I think the first goal in that sense probably didn't help it that you thought, well, well we've, we've taken the lead, we're, we're all right here. And then yeah. we, everyone got sort of, I think the players and fans got increasingly frustrated as the half went on because we kind of ran out of ideas a little bit. Was I, I never actually thought Legia looked particularly good at the back. I didn't think they were very good at the back in the away game. Game, really we were yeah, wasteful it's like once you get onto them they're there to be to be got at and that's kind of that was the frustrating thing for me really through the game that even when we took the lead which was a great goal by the way we'll come on to that we it always felt like if you go up even just one gear you can you can pull them apart but they actually uh hit the barb they could have they gone did. two one up and that would have put the proverbial cat amongst the pigeons in terms of the yeah. groups shake up there yeah and that kind of came out of nowhere, and perhaps unlucky not to score. Well, they were they were a live threat at all times because they, they they kind of picked their moments and they had a go, and they were they were really aggressive. They were really piling into the ball carrier. You know, they were giving away a hell of a lot of fouls, and some of them were pretty rubbish. I thought I thought the ref didn't handle that particularly well. He was kind of picking and choosing when to book people, but and and when to play on as well. Jesus, yeah, it was two very moments where he should have let he should have let yeah. Villa play on. Yeah, it was on when Zaniolo's through anything. Just play the advantage. Yeah, one um, where didn't. he kind of gets in the way and, and actually mm-hmm. it's, it's going well there's like no need to stop play there yeah it was just a frustrating evening in general I know Villa got the win and that was that. you know the first game was win the game and well done you know, they, they kind of managed the game very well in the last sort of well talk about minutes. the goal but when the goal comes it's a cracking finish it's a great free kick really clever as well actually obviously McGinn's position you know Obviously, in an offside one, so that's come straight off the the training ground. They're well, playing he's like a very a marker, high line, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's almost like the target. But then he steps back, and Moreno obviously sort of steams in at the back post. It's a brilliant finish because the ball's quite high, gets yeah. on top of it, and sort of side foots it into the, the roof of the net. It's a brilliant finish, and I'm, I'm really pleased for him because it's great to see him back. He had a couple of moments with little bursts. He was loving it, wasn't he, with his little love heart to all four stands? Yeah, and a, and a belt <laughs> of a knee slide. Um, but he had moments, you know, where we thought, yeah, that's the difference between Dina and Moreno. When you saw him bomb forward, there was a couple of times where he was played in. Uh, I think Longley had one pass that was a really good one. A couple of other bits of interplay. And, and you kind of thought he had, he had a good night's work there, considering it's his first game in a long time. And it's yeah. important that he got the minutes. I think he, I can't remember exactly when he got subbed off. Was it about sort of on the 75, 80 minute mark? So he's got a good, a good workload in his tank there. That's a big positive. And then obviously having Ramsey back in for sort of 20 minutes, half an hour as well. There were shades of one moment that I've seen... Manchester City do a few times. Now, Manchester City, you know, known for their tiki-taka and defences playing against them have that ingrained in their head. So you backline, the opposition's backline will always be like, well, it's going to take three minutes to get to me. So, you know, they're not on it. And uh, Edison does the big punt down the middle and and they've profited a few times from that. And that's exactly Mm. what Olsen did. Beautiful ball to Bailey on on a sixpence. And Bailey's touch is fantastic, isn't he? He's plucked the ball out of the sky, especially when it's coming over his shoulder. Yeah, um, Perfect touch into his stride. And it's, if I'm being probably a little harsh, he probably should when he gets there, because you've got the goal to aim at, you should probably score. He's very unlucky, though. He's gone as close as you can to scoring yeah. it out, but that would have that would have obviously killed the group. And 
would have sort of put the icing on the cake. It would. It would have, it would have also. It would have like officially put some brownie points in the uh, the Olsen bin yes. as well. I mean, he's, he's, he's long kicking. I remember hearing Neil Cutler talk about that. And he said he's a brilliant striker of the ball, and you can see that he kicks the ball really far. Yeah, got a heck of a um, a punt on him. But yeah, Oof. that would have obviously kind of killed the game. And um, and you know, a couple of other moments. Obviously, Diaby had a big chance where he, he probably should score. The keeper makes a good save and some good breaks. There were just a couple of moments where I think we made the wrong decisions, and it, it, I, I was just getting frustrated in the second half a little bit that it. It felt the longer the game went on, Villa were just happy to manage the game, and maybe that was because of the workload at Tottenham at the weekend, where they put in a big, you know, a big shift there for a huge win, and then obviously the games they've got to come. Yeah, I think you can get a bit, games. You can get greedy though, can't you? Because yeah, ultimately so. you want to win that, and to be choosing how many goals you win it by, if it's like the last game and you've got to win by two goals to qualify. Yeah, and no, that's, I, under, that's I understand. The bottom line, that. then fair enough. Go, for, you know, you go for it. And I'd have been pissed off if that was the attempt at trying to get those two goals. Mm-hmm. But with another game to go, and and all, you, it's what you're creating with a two goal win is is just the luxury of not needing to uh, bother against Zerinsky. And yeah, and also I suppose even though we've got the win and it's one only by one goal, it's still another goal that Warsaw would have to score against. You know, Alkmaar in their game. So it's you know, it's not a banker that Warsaw will beat Alkmaar, especially yeah, because well, it's a live game. If yeah, Elkmar yeah, win, they're back through. In the, back in the mix now, aren't they? Yeah, if yeah. they win, they're through. So that would be the ultimate punishment to uh, Leisure Warsaw in the context of what we've been sp- speaking about. It's against all the odds suddenly to get knocked out of the tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, can imagine we have to play them again. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Well, that'd be no away fans, wouldn't it? <laughs> Home and away, I think. <laughs> I mean, what would hap- What would need to happen is, I think there's a positive three goal difference advantage we have, yep. if I'm not mistaken. So if we lost by one goal, they would need to win by two or three. Yeah. So there needs to be a, a, a three goal swing, essentially. So if they win by one goal, we lose by one goal, we're still through. Yeah. If Alkmaar win, then uh, we win the group anyway. Yes. So it's yes, as good. So basically going to Zerinsky, and I think you you can put out a half-baked team and get a draw there. Probably. But the, what, one thing I did feel good about was every time we made a sub, the team never decreased in ability. No. Not, well, I mean, obviously, you, know, you, you bring in on sort of Dina, Ramsey, Zaniolo, your, your, your firepower on your bench now, now that you've got a full rotation there. Obviously, now you've got you know, those two boys back. Yeah, Ramsey and Marino. It's, it's got a hell of a different feel about our yeah. squad, match yeah. day squad now, and that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and you know, obviously, you know, didn't play, didn't play Martinez, didn't play Watkins. I'm guessing that was very much precautionary. Which I think minor, minor injuries. Yeah, for my money, I think that's the right decision. I think with with the with the workload they've got coming up, and the league is the priority. If you get the chance to rest, do it. The same with McGinn. You know, McGinn's had a lot of minutes recently, so the fact that they thought, well, we're gonna. You know, take him out of the firing line, I think was the right the right call. Right. So it's all set up nicely for us to win this and qualify for the Champions League, is it? Oh, well, hopefully. And hopefully a, a, a European trophy as well. That would be the perfect way to uh, wrap things up. Led you in the final then, yeah? <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.